Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. We all find our way to manifesting teachers and courses because we have things in our lives that we want to change or we at least have a feeling that there's something more to this game of life. That's how it was for me. I, I, I was laid up after flipping backward out of my wheelchair, stuck in bed. So one day, lying in bed, I thought to look up Joseph Murphy on YouTube. I had read his books decades before. So I listened to one or two of Murphy's videos. I was surprised that they had anything like that on YouTube. And as YouTube does, it suggests similar videos. And that's how I found Neville Goddard. Here's this man with this peculiar accent telling me that I can change my life with a simple imaginal act that implies my wish is fulfilled. And through faith or loyalty to what that act implies, I'll express the state desired. Mind-blowing for me. <laughs> now, I've told the story many times on here about how I was healed, or rather how I moved from that state in which brain lesions and dystonia were present to one in which they were not present. But I haven't mentioned or talked much about the weeks preceding the healing. I was in bed listening to Neville lectures one after the other on YouTube, and I was downloading and reading his books on my Kindle, and I began doing what he said to do to practice this art of imagining. It's funny, he talks about motion a lot. He says it's all motion, a movement within God, within my imagination. And at that time, and for a number of years before that, movement was one of the most difficult things for me, physically, physical movement. I might have been stuck using crutches and a wheelchair to move physically, but I began doing as Neville suggested and moving in imagination and doing it daily. Here's a wonderful quote of Neville's. When I was with my old friend Abdullah, I would have an exercise, and daily I would sit in New York City where we lived in this apartment for 14 years, almost 14. In the living room, you could not see the hallway towards the telephone. I'm seated in my easy chair in the living room. I would assume that I was seated at the chair at the telephone, and so assume it that I would actually, in my mind's eye, I couldn't see the living room, and then I couldn't see myself seated there. I could see it in my mind's eye only. I had to think, well, now he's in the chair. So I made myself sit here at the telephone that I could not and would not let myself see the chair. Then I would feel myself back into the chair, then go back to the telephone, go back to the chair, and try this feeling of changing in motion. May I tell you, it's very, very helpful. You get loose, as it were. <laughs> he shares that in a number of lectures. This particular quote is from The Secret of Praying. So lying in my bed, unable to move very well physically, I began to move in my imagination, practicing this art of imagining. I didn't initially imagine anything to do with healing, with walking and moving freely. I just couldn't. Moving freely as was so foreign to me, I couldn't even bring it up in my imagination. At least I assumed that. <laughs> 
So I would put myself in other places in my house without imagining walking anywhere. At this point, we had moved our bed downstairs into what was our dining room. So in imagination, I would put myself in my bed, but back upstairs in my bedroom. Initially, that was the easiest thing to do because I was already lying down. I just changed what I saw around me and changed how I viewed downstairs. Imagining I was lying in my bed upstairs in our bedroom, I would think of where my bed previously was downstairs in relation to where I am now in imagination. Then I would put myself in my armchair in the living room. I'd look around, seeing the house from this perspective. I'd pick up the television remote control and feel the weight of it in my hand, move my thumb over the buttons. I did this daily, but I also started imagining changes in my life. Not the healing, not yet. I would imagine all sorts of wonderful things from my wheelchair perspective, seeing my wife and kids happy and thriving, imagining good test scores for my kids, uh, a good time at a family function, a bunch of uh, little things to improve my day and the day of my family. Now, the healing happened several weeks later. Several weeks after the healing, I began to lose track of what I was doing. I had become addicted to the search, addicted to learning more, consuming more of Neville's lectures and any other material I could get my hands on related to manifesting. So my days were consumed by study, searching, learning, reading Neville, listening to Neville, joining every manifesting group I could find. But I had stopped really practicing the art. I had stopped getting to know myself, neglecting the relationship with self in some ways. I'd fallen into this state of seeker. So that's what I did every damn day. <laughs> I sought. <laughs> continually looking for more without actually doing anything in imagination. I would find a post online, someone proclaiming that their way is the way to succeed. And then I would doubt myself. Oh crap, that's not what I've been doing. Well, let me try it this way. This kind of thing went on for a while. I was losing my faith in myself, faith in the power of my own imagination and began relying on whatever the new group or teacher was telling me or turning to yet another of Neville's lectures. I am in no way saying don't listen to Neville or <laughs> look at manifesting groups or anything like that. But in that state of seeker, that's all I cared about. I need more. I need more. And it was a distraction. I was using it as a distraction to actually implement what Neville was teaching. Neville says, man must be where he is in imagination. And I was imagining I didn't know enough. So that's what I kept experiencing. I got to a point that I was just frustrated, so frustrated with myself. I had wins, I had successes, but there were some things, some desires that were still out of reach. So I began to look back from the very beginning, from that first day when I found Neville and his lecture, The Secret of the Sperm, and began to just look at what I was doing in imagination, 
what and how was I feeling when I imagined and succeeded. But I also took a hard, honest look at what was different about the times I failed, especially for those lingering big ones. It might be different for you. It could be money, it could be health, but it seems like most of the people I talk to that reach out to me do have successes. But then there, here's this thing, here's this thing that just won't go away. Help. <laughs> I know what that feels like. When I looked with complete honesty at myself, I could see it clearly. I never remained in the state of the wish fulfilled related to those particular desires. I trusted my imagination for other things, for myself and for others, but those pesky, lingering problems remained because for some reason, I doubted that it could be that simple for those desires. Well, if it works for one, it works for all. <laughs> I would wake up and immediately begin worrying about them, whatever them was at the time, frantically trying to come up with some new way to imagine them fulfilled. It was just, oh, it was desperation. And I would habitually turn to another lecture or manifesting group post, hoping I could get an answer as to what I was doing wrong. I was still in the state of lack. I was not in the state of my wish fulfilled related to that desire. So that state of lack was running like a subroutine that I'd written long ago to just run on its own without me having to think about it. Fear and worry and doubt. What's Kim going to say? What are the kids going to say? I'm going to let them down. I'm going to let them down. <laughs> Said in another way, I was still desiring instead of living it. Neville says, desiring is thinking of. Living it is thinking from. Don't desire it. Live it. I go to bed tonight desiring? No. Go to bed living it. Sleep as though you were now the man that you formerly desired to be, just as though it were true. One question that is asked often of me is, how do I get to that feeling of certainty? The feeling of it being done. One sure way is to do this daily. You're always imagining. The, the wire is always hot. Or the spigot never closes. <laughs> Pick your metaphor. It's always on. You're always imagining. The only question is whether or not you're going to be intentional about it and direct it. The more you do it, the easier it gets to drop into a new state in your imagination, seeing, hearing, and feeling what you want to. Then you will know what done feels like and you will realize the pressing need to subscribe to another group or even spend your days listening to Neville isn't as strong anymore. And if you do, the motivation to listen is different. The motivation to join a group is different because you're now in a different state. It doesn't matter how anyone else describes that feeling of certainty or doneness. What you see hear and feel what you experience is the only thing that matters because that's the only thing you're ever going to experience. Even listening to me 
is your very own first person experience. You're experiencing this within you. Then you'll see that a simple imaginal moment is all that's needed to fertilize that state. And with all the evidence of your own experience comes the feeling of doneness. You recognize the feeling and what it feels like because you've done this. You've played with this, explored this daily. A listener and a friend, Oliver, commented on a recent episode. He says, instead of being stressed because I can't feel a scene to be real 24-7, just whenever I notice doubt and fear, I can remember that it doesn't matter because I already am that which I desire. And to know this is an imaginal act in and of itself. So much more freedom and ease doing this. Yeah, he's right. It's all imaginal action. And that imaginal action is the cause. What expresses itself in your world is the effect. And as far as techniques go, imagining a moment that implies my wish is fulfilled is the simplest. It's beautifully efficient and it's fun. The only reason I ever went in search of other techniques from other people is that I didn't trust the imaginal act. Sure, it works for some health issues and for what I'm imagining about others, but not for money. Nope, I need a different technique. There's something especially hard about money, so there must be something special that I need to do. No. But that's what I assumed. So that's what I got. I'm not going to walk you through step by step on what to do. You don't even need that. <laughs> Think of a loved one congratulating you. Imagine seeing their smile or hearing their voice and feel the pride in yourself because you know you did it. You brought this about. You succeeded and you didn't rely on anyone else. And when you notice, if you are thinking and feeling otherwise, just remind yourself of that moment again. I see debates online. You shouldn't imagine your scene repeatedly. Look, it only happens once. You fertilize or activate that state once. There is no rule that says you have to do it every day or that you can't do it every day. The only reason to repeat it if you feel like you have to, is because you're not in the state. Be honest with yourself. That was a hard pill to swallow for me. What do you mean I'm not in the state? I'm in the state. No, no, I'm not. Not if every day I'm running crazy in my mind, worrying and trying to come up with a different scene that implies my wish is fulfilled. It only needs one, one moment, one act. It doesn't need repeated sessions for the same thing. But if you find yourself, you know, like I used to be, oh gosh, am I doing this right? I'm not feeling it. Well, then bring that little moment up again. You'll know it when you're in the state, the state of your wish fulfilled, when that becomes your dwelling place. And nobody can make you feel it. Nobody can tell you exactly what that feels like, except yourself. 
So get back into that feeling. The more you do this for multiple desires, the easier this gets. I'm telling you, it does get easier. And you'll see so clearly how your imaginal activity is reflected in your world. And you'll no longer feel any need to turn to anyone else. And think of all the extra free time you'll have <laughs> instead that you were spending on digging through manifesting groups or listening to lecture after lecture or listening to feeling twisty. But don't go. <laughs> Apply this law of assumption for the promise too, for awakening, for anything and everything. I did it for the promise. I wanted it so badly. I wanted to experience that, what Neville described. And I also wanted to begin awakening. Let's expand. Like the prayer of Jabez in the Old Testament. Expand my borders. Mm. I imagined telling Kim about my experiences and felt the thrill of telling her. And I did. One last quote from Neville. In this one, he's referring to the Bible parable about the widow who wouldn't leave that judge alone. So when you read the story, we see the necessity of persistency in prayer until you master it. When you master it, the most effective prayer in the world is, thank you, Father, the most effective prayer in the world after mastery. But until mastery, then there's a technique. You must practice any art in this world. First, you must find a good method and try to find the best method. When you've found it, then it requires daily practice. Any art in this world does. If you don't practice, well, then you become rusty. So find a good method first and then practice. I love you. Thank you for listening. I'm feeling twisty. <laughs>